0: Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei Podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. Well, we had a great Thanksgiving yesterday. Uh, Let I put this here, all right. <laughs> um, my wife and I had a ton of people over, as many as our apartment, little apartment could fill. Uh, we haven't gotten to the point. In, in New York, we had a really small apartment, so we used to have to have a couple of meals just to fit everybody. Um, but um, but yesterday was was really special because the we we had lunch a little late, like at one p.m. because we had a, a, a party in the morning to go to t- another Thanksgiving gathering. So we started lunch at one p.m and then the food arrived over an hour late. So, um, so people got super hungry, which made the food taste super good. <laughs> and here's, so here's the deal, you know, the, the more hungry people are, the more they enjoy the food. That's the best condiment uh, for any dish is hunger. Um, and so it's, that was our, wasn't our plan actually, just the, the food delivery guy uh, got lost. And so that was exciting. We had turkey, so that was great. Uh, we just had to wait for it, uh, but you know I love Thanksgiving um, because Thanksgiving really is such a reflection of what God calls us to do. Um, in fact, it's one of the commandments that God gives us: is to always give thanks. Uh, if we look at the Scripture, First Thessalonians chapter five, uh, verses sixteen and eighteen. I think we have it up there somewhere. Um, do we get it on there? There we go. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So these are three things that actually we're responsible for. We have to do. One, rejoice. So we have to choose joy. That's actually your choice. It's not a fruit of your circumstances uh, or your attitude. It's really a choice. Uh, It's the fruit of your will. You decide to, to have joy. You decide to rejoice when that joy runs away, when that food is just... We were getting so mad at the delivery guy, you know, he goes, and then he just canceled, took the food back to the restaurant. And we're like, ah. you know, we have all these people sitting around waiting for lunch. And, uh, and we just had to choose joy. Uh, luckily, all the folks who came over, they chose joy. Uh, so praise God. Shh. And then they were all really hungry and loved the food. Pray without ceasing. That means in every situation, We pray. And this is a commandment. It's not just a choice. It's not just a religious activity that we choose, that you know, we do when we feel like it. But the Bible says you do it without ceasing, all the time. Constant communication with God. And then give thanks in all circumstances. So I think, you know, if I were to live the rest of my Christian life with just this one scripture, I'd be challenging enough just to try to obey just this, to rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. So as a church is for us, Thanksgiving is every Sunday, right? Right? Giving thanks is something we do all the time because we want to be people of the Bible, and we want to be people who live the scriptures. So we give thanks in all circumstances. And and when it's easy, it's easy. The choice comes when things don't go your way, when bad news comes, when someone gives you a bad attitude or when, when the bad circumstances come on you. Those are actually the times when we have to choose joy and choose thanksgiving, amen? Yes. So let's make a choice to choose thanksgiving. And this is something that most of us struggle with. So we need each other's help. So we're just gonna practice for a moment. Just turn to someone next to you and say, hey, choose thanksgiving. <laughs> Give thanks in all circumstances. And, and if they don't look too happy, just then say, hey, rejoice, always. <laughs> all right. This is actually what we're supposed to do as Christians. Encourage each other. So just get used to talking. And, and uh, you know, I, already, I apologize to all the introverts. I'm really sorry. This is sometimes a hard church for introverts to be in because we encourage you to step out of your shell and actually smile at people and let them talk to you for a little bit. Um, but we promise they won't hurt you. All right. All right, so we, we, we rejoice always, we pray without ceasing, and we give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, we are winding up a, a, a sermon series called On Mission. We as a church, we want to be on mission. I love this graphic, sort of the moving graphic. It's really cool. Um, and the, the little target there is on Taiwan because that is the apple of God's eye. God is looking at Taiwan, amen. Um, and today is the last one. Uh, we're going through our, um, the, the Every Nation Mission Statement. So the Every Nation mission statement is we exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. This is why we're here. This is why this church is here in Taipei. Uh, We're going to do this. We're going to honor God. It's our mission. The way that we live, the way that we speak, the way that we conduct ourselves, we want to honor God. Number two, we want to be Christ-centered. Everything we want to do, we want Jesus to be the foundation of our life. What does that mean? We want to try to, well, we, our goal is to be with Jesus. Jesus said he'd never leave us. And so his presence is actually here available to us. But we just have to get used to what does it mean to be with Jesus. And then we want to become like Jesus. What does that look like? For us to become like Jesus. And then we want to do what Jesus asks us to do. We want to obey his commands. We want to act like Jesus. That's what it means to be Christ-centered. And we want to be spirit-empowered. Jesus said, it's actually better for you that I go away so that you can have the Holy Spirit. So better than Jesus living in Taipei is all of us having the Holy Spirit inside of us. And if that isn't the experience of our lives, then we need to up the level of our communion with the Holy Spirit and and treat him better, you know, and invite him more into our lives and connect with him better and tap into the, the power that the Holy Spirit gives to and brings to each and every one of us. We encourage you to come out Friday night when we have our encounter night. These are times when we just, we, we pray together and we seek God together. And it's a time when we more closely learn to interact with the Holy Spirit. And so we encourage you to come here Friday night. Uh, we do it only once a month, so don't miss out. Because then you're going to have to wait a whole other month. Um, and so I want you to jump on in this Friday, 7 p.m. we'll be here. We spend a lot of time in worship and prayer and just learning how to interact with the Holy Spirit. Last, last time we focused a lot on just the, the gift and the ministry of, uh, of what we call prophecy, which is just expressing God's heart, hearing and expressing God's heart. Uh, and it was, it was just amazing to see uh, people's lives be, be, be transformed and impacted and uh, people with tears ran down their eyes as God began to speak and encourage their hearts. Because prophecy always encourages, builds up, and comforts. Prophecy is not mainly for you know, giving us direction. It's not meant for, to be fortune-telling. Uh, it's not meant for scolding. Uh, it's meant for, the Bible says, encouragement, building up, and comforting. And so, come on, it's going to be fun on, on Friday night. Well, socially responsible. We, we love that we're able to pa- partner with SALT, um, the SALT Collective, and, and what they do, and uh, having James and Andrew here, uh, just being able to, to reach those who are on the, on the margins of society, and, and underprivileged and so so excited that we're doing Giving Tree again and that we have um, 70 right uh, gifts to give uh, and so go ahead and grab one of those. This is what we want um, to do to serve those who are in need. We also want to plant churches. Our heart is, is here in Taiwan uh, because th- that everybody in Taiwan would have access to a church that is Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially responsible uh, and so we just know that, the, that Taiwan, uh, with 23, 24 million people, that there are many million who don't live close to a church. And so we want to plant churches throughout Taiwan to help. Now, we're not the only people planting churches, and there are great churches uh, throughout Taiwan, but with, if only 4% of, of Taiwanese uh, uh, people here in Taiwan uh, believe in Jesus, uh, that leaves only you know a, a 20-something million more that we can go after. Um, and so probably room in a church somewhere uh, to, to put a few more churches. Uh, and then campus ministries, because we love going to, to college students. Uh, it's where our church began, uh, and, and it's how we plant churches throughout the nations uh, is hitting the campuses. It's, it's, it's where we focus. We also believe that God calls us to, for it not to be church, to be about ourselves, but to, for to always be about future generations. And so the focus for us is college students, And not that we don't have a great children's ministry and youth ministry, um, but our goal is to plant campus ministries and then in every nation. So that's what we're hitting today, in every nation. Um, So you ready? That was a long introduction. So here we go. Um, You know, when I first joined every nation, because I was pastoring a church in Hawaii, uh, and in 2001, um, the eldership and the leaders of the church, we decided to join every nation. And every nation had all these cool little sayings when we first joined them. It's, oh, that's cool, you know, same old boring strokes. We're just going to keep on doing discipleship. Every year, what's the, what's, the, what's the plan? What's the vision? Make disciples. You know, it seems pretty good for Jesus. It seems good for us. And, oh, okay, that's cool. Same old boring strokes. Uh, and, and, and so they had these different, change the campus, change the world, and how leaders of the, the world, the, of the future are raised on the campuses. But one that I especially loved was one that's called a Bible and a Passport. A Bible and a passport. And I thought, what does that mean, a Bible and a passport? And and they said, it's because this. Number one, if you want to be a disciple and do what Jesus commanded us to do, you have to have a Bible to, to do everything because he said, go into all the world, make disciples, teach them to do everything that I've taught you. Well, how do we know what Jesus taught? We have to have a Bible. How can we teach it to someone else if we don't know it ourselves? And so every, every Christian has to have a Bible so that you know what Jesus taught. Nowadays, on your phone, you can have you know, dozens and dozens of Bibles. So that's not a problem. But a passport. You also have to have a passport. Why? Because Jesus said, go to every nation. And, and many nations, you can't go to. I think nowadays, most nations, if not every nation, you can't go to without a passport. So if you don't have a passport yet, go get a passport. And us being a, a, a church of largely expats in this congregation, most of you already probably have a passport, which is good because then you're ready to go and obey Jesus. All right, so a Bible and a passport, that's what we're going to preach on today. A Bible and a passport. Why do we do that? Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 says, God bless them. God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. And so, right from the very creation, when God made humankind, his first commandment to them was, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth in order to fill the earth you got to go to the earth and so right in there from the very first uh uh, part of creation uh, we've been commanded to go to all the world uh uh, psalm chapter 2 verse 8 says ask of me and i will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession here's god saying here's what you need to pray for pray for the nations i want to give them to you as your inheritance Uh, Psalm chapter 96 verse 3, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all people. How do you do that? You got to go to all the nations. Uh, Mark chapter 16 15 says, he said to them, go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. Acts chapter 1, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So from the very beginning. And throughout scripture, God has commanded us to go to every nation. So we don't do this just because we want to go everywhere, because we like travel, because we think it's a good idea, or we're just so passionate for, for Jesus. We do it because this is what God calls us to do. This is what God created us to do. And so we want you to be a part of that. As a church, our goal is that everybody would go on a mission trip. Everybody. Turn, this is another good chance to turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. We're going to go on a mission trip, okay? So we're going to take some mission trips. We're starting to have mission teams come to us, and we just have to do our part and send mission teams out as well, all right? So everybody, we want you to go to all the world. So on mission, a Bible and a passport. Our theme scripture, uh, we're we're doing that that last part of the mission statement. We exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation we're gonna keep saying this over and over again until you got it down so that you know the mission so you can be a part because church isn't something that just we as leaders do it's not something that the the pastor does church it's who we all are and so if this is the assignment of the church this is our assignment we go do this all right okay yes Okay, just looking to make sure we got it, all right? Yeah, I, you know, I don't want to waste my time just kind of saying nice words. And when I, I want us to say, when I say things, let's, let's go do it, amen? Is that okay? All right, there we go. You're not here to be entertained, right? You're here to be a part of the church and to do what God tells us to do. So, our, our scriptures... For today, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20, we're just going to walk through this passage and unpack it and what it means to go to all all nations. So now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. So it's great. They were obedient to Jesus. And when they saw him, they met Jesus there. This is what we want to do, right? Be with Jesus. They worshiped him, but some doubted. And that's probably true even here today, that we worship and we doubt. And some of us do both. We worship and we doubt. I don't know if you've ever doubted. Sometimes I have doubts. Sometimes I doubt, is God going to come through? What's going to, where is he going to take me, and, and, and is he going to come through for me? Is God really going to do what he promised? We have those kind of doubts that walk through our lives, but what happens is as we worship God, God it, it opens our hearts to God so that he can come in and deal with our doubts. That's why we worship. So that we turn our hearts towards him and he deals with our doubts. Verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your word. And Lord, just um, that it's not just an old book full of information. But Father God, your word is living. And it's able to transform our hearts and our souls and and transform our lives. And today as as we go through the scripture and, and see your heart for the nations, God, our prayer is that we too would have a heart for the nations. That we would be inspired and transformed by your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're looking here in Matthew chapter um, 8, 28. In verse 18, it says, Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority. So when Jesus says, All authority has been given to me, uh, that all in, in the Greek language that Jesus spoke in and that Matthew wrote in uh, means all. Means every bit of authority all belongs to Jesus. That means every part of authority in your life that we, you and I, we are also under God's authority. That means our future, our past, our present, we bring it all under His authority. That means we say to Jesus, Jesus, what do you want me to do with my life? Because all authority belongs to Him. And everything the Bible says that we have comes from Him. So there's always like a good, gentle way to start off a sermon. Just say, everything you are, all you have belongs to Jesus, end of story. You know, just he, either he has, he is God, and God by definition has all authority, or he's not God. And as Christians who believe the Bible, we believe that Jesus is God. That not only did he come to earth, and live here, die, be crucified, but rose from the dead, and now is seated in, in, in heaven over all of creation. And so all authority belongs to him, which means our lives belong to him. Which means when you look at your past, you don't just look at it and say, how do I feel about my past? You look at it and you say, God, what do you say about my past? The good, the bad. Some of us, we carry wounds and junk from our past that just destroys our future because we never give it to Jesus. We hold on to uh, ourselves, and so we hold on to depression, we we hold on to offense, we hold on to bitterness, we hold on to pride, we hold on to crazy dreams that aren't from God, that are just out of our own greed and our own lust, and they end up destroying our lives. And so God says, give me your past. I don't care how bad you've messed it up, if you give it to me, I'll redeem it, I'll make it into something beautiful. He says, give me your present. It doesn't matter how tough your current current situation is or how hopeless or directionless. Jesus wants your present. And for some, that may be hard. We might really like our present. We just, you know, God, I'm doing so well. And I just, you know, my life is so together. And I just love, you know, every part of my life, I want to put on Instagram because I'm just so proud of the way my life is going. God has to kind of pry your hand open and say, no, I want your present too. And your future. All authority belongs to God. I've got to have questions about my future. I don't understand it. God says, give it to me. I'll work it out. So just take a moment, even now, and just say, God, today we give you our past, present, and future. Father, just all belongs to you. We come back to that place of just humility before you and just declare along with scripture that you have all authority. It's always a good place to start. So then Jesus says, because I have all authority, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says, if I have all authority, then I have authority over where you are and where you will be. And where I want you to be is go. Change of location. Which means where you are now, God has something more for you. And it might be just your heart that goes. Or it might be you physically going. But all of us, life is a constant journey of going from where you are now and then growing into where God wants you. So he says, go therefore, make disciples. So this is what we do. We make disciples. And wherever disciples are needed, at God's direction, we go. Why? Because he has all authority. And he sends us to go and make disciples. So the question that we all have to ask ourselves is, am I allowing myself to become a disciple? Am I allowing others to disciple me, to make me into a disciple? Jesus said, go and make disciples. And are you going and making disciples? This is what we're called to do. Go and make disciples. Teach them to obey everything I have taught you. And I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So we're to teach them to obey. Discipleship is not just about coming to on Sunday and, and hearing an inspiring message. Discipleship is about teaching commandments that are meant to be obeyed. That's part of why we do small groups, our connect groups, because here it's, it's easy to come here and just start to think that Christianity is a little more about information and inspiration. I come, I learn some great things. Someone's going to help my life. I'm inspired to live a better life. But really, actually, Christianity is about commandments that Jesus came and us obeying them so that we become disciples and become like him. And and it's not always easy to understand Jesus' commands, and it's also not always easy to walk them out in our lives. It's much easier to sing about them and talk about them and learn about them. It's a whole other thing to live them out. And that's why we have these connect groups is to help each other live them out so that we can talk about them. So you know, I don't really understand this part of the scripture. I know some of you may want to on a Sunday say, hey, Pastor Bruce, wait, I don't understand that. Or I don't agree with that. Or that sounds like not really what it's saying. Um, and, but if we try to do that here, it's just like madhouse. So here I just get the lecture. Yay. Uh, but uh, but on, on connect groups is where we get to kind of break it down and say, okay, so what does that mean to you? And how are you going to apply it to your life? Because as we mature, the Bible says we go from just wanting information to starting to put application. And being a a mature person and a mature Christian is doing what we know is right to do. That's maturity in human life, maturity in the Christian life. Is that we begin to live the way we know we should live. Okay? And so we teach them to obey. Go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, all nations. So we're not to just do that here in Taipei or in a home nation. I love the expat congregation in that y'all are travelers already. So you're already halfway there. Now we just have to to take our travels and make them about Jesus rather than just about ourselves or about a paycheck or about a better life. So much of expat travel is really just about all about me living a self-centered life. But if you are the center of your life, your life is too small. If the desires that fill your heart are all about you, your heart is too small. So don't live a small life. Don't live with a small heart. Let God begin to expand your life and your heart because God made you to be greater than you think. But what we need to do is expand our hearts to match what God intends. All nations and here's how you can go you can pray or you can pay or you can go pray is something that jesus said this is my church my church is going to be called a house of prayer for all nations so all of us can pray and we should be praying for this nation and praying for all nations whatever nations god puts on your heart your home nation nations you read about in the news we're to pray for all nations every nation needs prayer But we can also give. Some of us are blessed. We have extra. And we're called to give and to help send others and to help churches in other nations or crises in other nations that happen. We're to be those who who pay, who give. Generous people. And then we're to go. Jesus said go. And Sometimes that's physically change of location. Going somewhere else where God needs you. Just going to go a brief little bit of mission history, you okay for that so these are our three of the major missionary movements uh, in in, in, the, in, uh, in Christian history. The first w- missionary movement was in the Middle East, and the first missionary there was Jesus Hey, Jesus <laughs> he came he was an expat from heaven who came down <laughs> to the Middle East as a missionary, which is great um, uh, I love that. Uh, David Brainerd, a great uh, missionary actually in, in America, he said this, you know, God only had one son and he made him a missionary. It shows you God's value for missions. There you go. David Livingston, sorry. David Livingston, missionary from England to, to Africa. God had an only son and he made him a missionary. So that's the the the, the first one, the first convert was actually Mary Magdalene. Scripture says that to be saved, you have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and believe that God rose him from the dead. This is Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It's the great seedbed of theology, the book of Romans. It says this is what Christianity is. You want to be a Christian? If you'll confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, that Jesus rose from the dead, then you'll be saved, okay? And so Mary Magdalene was actually the first one who believed that Jesus rose from the dead. Because after Jesus died, none of the disciples believed. Even Mary Magdalene didn't believe until she encountered Jesus at the tomb. And then she said, my Lord. She was the first to confess that he was Lord and to believe that God had raised Jesus from the dead. So she gets to be the first convert. I love that God chose uh, a woman uh, who was known for having been demon-possessed. Mary Magdalene, out of whom Jesus cast seven demons. That's her her claim to fame. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're so-and-so. They were demon-possessed before, you know? Not your job, not your accomplishments, but the fact that you had seven demons that God delivered you from. Um, We were talking about that in in our Connect group uh, Friday night. And thought, you know, what's this all this about, Jesus casting out demons? Are we going to cast out demons? And I said, actually, you have the same Holy Spirit, the same power from, that Jesus used to cast out demons. You actually have the same power by the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, if you want to, you can kick demons out too. All of us, in fact, Jesus said that's, that should be the normal Christian life, is not being afraid of demons but kicking them out. So Mary Magdalene, the first convert, was known for having seven demons and a woman, praise God, so you got to love that. Second missionary movement was the European missionary movement. The first missionary to Europe was Paul. And he went to Europe because um, he he broke up with his missionary partner Paul and Barnabas. They were going they they had a great missionary tour and started all these churches all throughout the Middle the, the Middle East uh, and so they were going to go back, you know, for the second tour. Uh, and the second rock concert tour, uh, Paul and Barnabas live. But then they got they got into a, 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 an argument, and it was so such a big argument that they actually had to split. Like, I'm not going with you. Then. If you want to take your your nephew with you, I'm not going. It's all over relationships. Um, and and so then Paul went out and said, okay, well Barnabas and and his his nephew are going to go on the on the original tour. So let's go find someplace else to go. And so they were looking for places. Everywhere they went, they got frustrated. Finally, after being frustrated, 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 if you've ever been on a mission trip where you're totally frustrated, that thing's happening, God's not moving, nobody's letting us minister, that's Paul's missionary journey. And then God said, go to Macedonia. So those are European guys. So they went to Macedonia, which is in Greece, uh, the first Western European church, and the first convert there was Lydia, who is a, a wealthy Asian businesswoman. So praise God for women and wealthy Asian businesswomen. Praise God. <laughs> And she forced it. She said, hey, if you really think I'm a, I'm a Christian, you need to come with you with all your followers and live in my house and do church there. you know. And we need like a wealthy bis- uh, Asian businesswoman to say, I got a big building with a new prop- a new space, it's got high ceilings. It's amazing. Come and have church there. Amen. We're praying. For those of you who don't know, we got to move by, by summer. So we're praying for a new space. And we, we, we're saying, God, give us an upgrade. Um, so... Amen. So that's what, all the ancient, all the wealthy Asian businesswomen. Praise God. Last Sunday, Pastor Skek was talking about how the, the apostles went throughout the world taking the gospel. These uh, 11 disciples of Jesus spread the gospel from the Middle East throughout the known world. And now the European missionary movement. These are some of the famous guys. William Carey, who's the, known as the father of modern missions, um, called from, from England to, to go to... Um, uh, India, spent his life there, translated uh, the, the Bible there. Uh, so many of these missionaries were, were translators uh, and, and brought the, the gospel to them uh, and, and, and led thousands. But it was years before he found his first convert in India. But now today in India, there's the, whole, the south of India has a huge Christian influence. And William Carey uh, has, has had a, a, an amazing influence. I don't remember all the stories, but I'm going to have to read some of them. Um, But William Carey, he translated the scriptures into 40 languages, said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. 41 years. Um, David Livingston, Scottish physician, he wanted to actually go to to India to follow William Carey, couldn't make it there. But then he heard from a a missionary who'd gone to Africa, and his missionary said a famous phrase, he said, The smoke of a thousand uh, fires, there are villages waiting uh, for the gospel. I'm sure I I messed that quote totally up. (laughs) But it was so inspiring that David Livingston said, that's where I'm going. And so when he went, he said, I'm, I'm not going to where the other missionaries are along the coast and in all the port towns. I want to go inland where there are no missionaries, where there are no McDonald's, you know. And, and he just went in and just he to people who no foreigners had ever been to said that's where I want to go and so he had to learn the languages translate the bible into the languages but all throughout uh, throughout Africa he began to preach the gospel in in village after village uh, amazing places just going and, and just saying you know th- where, where there were no europeans and no european comforts he just said i'm, I'm going to just go live like the people that I'm going to and bring the gospel to them. Uh, another amazing man, um, Hudson Taylor. This seminary here was actually started uh, by the the grandson of Hudson Taylor and is now run by the great-grandson of Hudson Taylor. And so Hudson Taylor, who went to China to minister, um, he's another guy. Um, he, he, he was ministering in, in China, and then he just said, you know what? The the kind of mission programs, the, the ways that that I'm being supported, we need a whole different kind of mission program if we're going to reach China. So he went back to, to to Europe, started his own mission organization, gathered 22 people, and by the time he died, he had had over 800 missionaries in his mission organization going into the heart of China, like David Livingston, saying, "Let's go! Let's not just go to where the Westerners are. Let's go to uh, amongst Chinese everywhere and go where no one else is and preach the gospel." Um, and and his impact continues to this day, places like this, this seminary. Um, Mary Slester, not to leave the women out, uh, Mary Slester, when she heard about David Livingston and about his life, she was so inspired that she left and and went um, to the mission field and to Africa. And she saved uh, thousands of orphans there uh, and preached the gospel and led uh, multitudes to Christ in her life there. Amy Carmichael went to India um, and once um, went, went, she went to India uh, 55 years later she, she spent the rest of her life there laying down her life for the gospel um, and she inspired so many others to be missionaries. Uh, we could just go on and on with the stories of these missionaries but what's amazing, William Carey is the oldest of all the missionaries. He went when he was 32 years old. All the others went David Livingston went when he was 28 to the mission field. Hudson Taylor went when he was 21 years old. Mary Schlissel went when she was 28 years old. Amy Carmichael went when she was 26 years old. And so like last week when we talked about going to the campus, it's because it is young people who have always been um, the the strength behind changing the world. Because they're the ones who will go. And so the history of Christian missions is, is just written uh, by young people in their 20s. American missionary movement, which actually began with, with the pilgrims, the, the first missionaries that came here, um, the, the pilgrims that we celebrate Thanksgiving. Uh, and, and nowadays we so skew history and try to say, well, it was these colonialists who came to oppress and get rich. Nothing could be further from the truth. The first missionaries who came, the pilgrims who came, who celebrate Thanksgiving, they actually came not to escape religious persecution because they actually escaped religious persecution in England by going to the Netherlands where they had religious freedom. But then they got afraid, afraid because in the Netherlands where there's all this freedom, they, they thought their kids would just get too worldly. And so they said, we need to go someplace not, not to escape persecution, but to escape being influenced by the world around them. So they came to America, not to go and preach the gospel, and yet what they did was ended up preaching the gospel and seeing people be converted. So whatever brought you here to Taipei, I want to tell you God has a plan and a purpose for us to bring the gospel here to this nation while we're here or whatever nation God might bring you to. And we just go through the, the different American missionaries, Jim and Elizabeth uh, Elliot. they were the first missionary book I ever read. Amazing man of God um, through Gates of Splendor. Uh, gave his life on the mission field. John and Betty Stamm, who gave their lives in China after only two years on the mission field, uh, were martyred, actually had their their heads beheaded by the, the communists when the communists took over. Uh, but they have inspired multitudes of missionaries. Melendor Amrine. you may not have heard of them, but there were some missionaries from Arkansas in the United States who moved to a place called Hawaii, started a church where I got saved. Um, so I'm thank, always going to be thankful for them. Stephen Deborah Merle missionaries from mississippi who went to a place called the philippines Um, and uh, all these guys were in their 20s when they went every one of them in their 20s but he started a church in the philippines uh, and that's when my wife got saved so i'm really grateful to him but you know the the history of christianity is written by missions people who want to go everywhere and so i want to encourage you Missions is not for somebody else. It's not for the Mel Amrines and the Steve Murrows and the Hudson Taylors of the world. It's Jesus' command for all of us to go into all the world, to learn what he's taught, and then to teach others. Matthew 28, 20, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you want to be someone who's with Jesus, if you want to experience God's presence in your life, God loves going with the missionaries. Jesus said, you go into all the world, I'll be with you. And so today as we, we close, we're going to close a little different. I want to close with um, just reflecting on that. Jesus' command to go. I'm going to invite up Claire and Sherry. And as they, as they, they, they do this in this song, Uh, Right before we take some communion, I want us to just take a moment and just go back. Jesus, to, to go back and say, Jesus, you have all authority. So where do you want me to go? It's probably going to begin with just maybe people in your family, maybe people in your apartment building. Your school classmates, workmates because it begins there just us being take, willing to take our hearts go and give our hearts to the people around us. Jesus said, "Begin at Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. But as they play this song, let's just take a moment, just bow our heads, say God, where do you want to send me?" thank you jesus you know that song talks about god's faithfulness all that we need he provides and we have a foundation in our lives of jesus having given everything god gave his only son and jesus gave his life and it's out of that foundation that we go so that wherever god takes us whatever god asks of us It all comes from the foundation of God having given all to us and His promise that He will always be faithful. He will never leave us or forsake us and He will supply all of our needs. I want to thank you again for for joining with us today and and, and our heart's desire is that today, uh, this week, you would not only walk with the knowledge of the love of Jesus, but that you would walk with a heart transformed by the love of Jesus. Not only to receive that love, but to give that love to others. The Lord bless you. Thanks again for joining us uh, today. And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.